0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Bakai from Norway and Papa Guy on the inside takes the $1 million Jakarta's International Front. On the Outsiders, Magnus there, front and second in, comes Colton Dre, activator, goes on a champion tonight! And Mike
2: Bozich. Father Patrick, being a magician, can't reach Father Patrick, please stop Maxi Lee. On blogtalkradio.com
1: Thursday night in the first show of twenty seventeen. Post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America is live right now. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and Mike, we're coming off of fresh off of our Post Time Awards. We had our two thousand seven excuse me, two thousand sixteen best of show. We've had a lot of great shows to end the year. I don't know how we're gonna uh start twenty seventeen off with that kind of a bang.
2: No, we certainly did. It's been a blast. Uh, and by the way, welcome back. You've been missing for about a month. People are asking about you, wondering <laughs> where you were, if you were held captive or something. But uh, no, we had uh, a great series of shows the Year in Review show, uh, which was tremendous. We had uh, a great chance to sit down with uh, a show coming up today, Allison Conti. This is. Uh, really a a tremendous interview. She won the 2016 Ushua Breakthrough Award and I'll tell you, she has got a lot of good ideas. We had a a real good chance to sit down with her a couple of days ago and kind of dissect her brain, what she envisions going forward for not only uh, the sport of harness racing, U.S. Trotting Association, but social media, where the sport has really put a lot of its marketing efforts in over the past years. So that's going to be a big interview that's coming up a little bit later on in the show plus mike we've got your guy now i told you i had a little tidbit for you right before the show started now this is kind of a show that is really it's kind of like a spider's web where it weaves into each other now listen to this we've got of course you're on the show you're the co-host we've got gabe pruitt and we've got your guy brian maserak joining the program here today uh three well one current Uh, guy from Buffalo, and two former announcers from Buffalo. So Buffalo will have very good representation on the show here today. Also, Allison Conti, 2016 Breakthrough Award winner. Gabe Pruitt, 2015 Breakthrough Award winner. So we've got a lot going on here today, but it's kind of like a theme, Mike.
1: Yeah, definitely. We kind of tied everybody in. And, Mike, I certainly appreciate you uh, giving me the time off I needed work. Uh, You know, some of us got to work the last, had to work the last couple of weeks, you know, we didn't get, we didn't get, we didn't get a couple of weeks off like you did, but uh, no, we've been, uh, we've been at work and between work and moving and everything else, Mike's been gracious enough, we kind of planned some shows that, uh, that were sort, I I don't want to, I don't know if they were easier, Mike, but we've planned some shows that we figured everybody would like to listen to, uh, to allow us to, uh, with work schedules and moving and things like that, but we're back and ready to uh, fire in 2017, Mike Bozic.
2: Yeah, we certainly are. And a special thanks to a show we had a couple of weeks ago, which obviously we knew was going to be one of our most listened to shows, one of our most popular shows that we've done, and it certainly it was proven to be, was the uh, show that we heard from the three candidates for the USDA president. A special thanks to Ryan Macedonio, Joe Panaccio, and Russell Williams for sharing their time with us. They've really laid out their vision for the sport of harness racing, and that the show is on the archive. You can go back uh, to the Bet America Radio Network; that's still up there, or you can go on our archives as well on our website. Post time with Mike and Mike dot com. Well, I see Gabe Pruitt is anxiously waiting in the on deck circle. Mike, he is anxious. He's had a he had a week off too uh, last week. yeah, so. he, had, yeah <laughs> he had a week off. So we're going to hear from our man, Gabe Pruitt, coming up next. Uh, plus, like I said, we've got Brian Mazurek. Greg Kaidel is a late addition to the show. He's going to be joining us. They've got a big driver's challenge coming up at Miami Valley. He's going to be joining us towards the bottom of the hour. Plus, we have that interview with Allison Conti and much, much more. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America.
0: Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way.
1: Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standardbreds the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Joined now by Gabe. Forget the phone number, Pruitt. And <laughs> Gabe, Gabe, listen, Gabe. Every week, you know, it, it's kind of funny because every week we kind of razzle Gabe with a little bit of something. But you know, we it was before the show, and me and my I go, what am I? What the heck am I going to razzle him about this week? I got nothing. And then you sent me that text saying, "Hey, I need the phone number." So you know what? Maybe that'll stick for a little while.
3: That seems to be a weekly occurrence. I did want to throw you guys a complete curveball. Actually, not only was I on time, just for the record, I was one minute early tonight,
1: so I'd like to uh, stay dead as well. There you go. Gabe, let's talk a little bit about Pompano Park this week. First of all, from a wagering aspect, and and listen, I've been able to sit back and kind of watch a little bit, and you've got a $20,000 pick for coming up on Sundays now. Talk to us a little bit about what it went into that decision, and, uh, you know, Uh, maybe about what you guys have seen trend-wise in your pick four to make that
3: decision? Well, we actually made a move about 10 days ago. I think we probably discussed it uh, last time I was on. Matter of fact, we went to a $10,000 guarantee uh, Sunday through Wednesday night. So that was actually an uptick because at the time we had uh, 5,000 Mondays, 7,500 a couple of nights. So that was in response to uh, the uh, strong support the uh, pick four pools uh, had seen. Uh, Sunday nights we've seen particularly strong support. And then we have a favorable schedule, uh, too, Mike. As you well know, uh, Northfield uh, not racing Sundays uh, moving forward. Cal Expo no Sundays this season. You know, Chicago is dark. So uh, with all the support we've had at the pick four, we decided, you know what, let's try something. Let's uh, get aggressive here. And, again, it's the first time in track history. We've never had a guaranteed pull on any night. Uh, without a carryover, of course, above ten thousand dollars. So we're going to dive right in twenty thousand dollars each and every Sunday, just a twelve percent takeout. And you know what? If we blast that number,
1: we'll raise it even more. Well, there you go. That's you know, listen, you're playing to the you're playing to the better a little bit. You've got the guarantee, you've got the low takeout. That's definitely a uh, a plus. Well, Gabe, we gave you the week off last week, and uh, you know we're, we we kind of highlighted things a little bit. But talk to us a little bit about what went on this week. I see our friend Pinocchio is back.
3: Pinocchio has been uh, razor sharp, uh, guys, as you well know. He has uh, won seven of eight starts here now uh, since arriving. He's our track record holder. He actually set that uh, back in late uh, 2015, I believe. It was uh, November, December 2015. It's a little bit over a year ago. Uh, he had a win here in 48-3. and uh, three, But uh, he loves this track. He loves every track for that matter. I think he's like 49 for a 109 lifetime. Uh, made over $400,000. You know, Wally Hedese, uh his regular pilot, um, Wally had a big week. He had five wins one night, uh, three wins, I believe, a couple of different nights. Incredibly, guys, we're about 43 nights into the season. And uh, Wally Hedesey is maintaining a 60-win lead at the driver's standings. So just a, a phenomenal uh, clip. Wally continues to win that. Uh, and with even that in mind, he has taken a couple of nights off, a couple of Saturday cards, so averaging uh, several wins a night uh, at a big lead in the driver standings. A uh, wagering side, we had a great week as well. We averaged between uh, fifteen and twenty thousand in the Pick Four nightly, uh, so that was great to see. And again, uh, you know, if we do get a chance to adjust those ten R guarantees up again uh, on the other nights, we will as well. Uh, we saw. Saturday night, things started off with a bang. The jackpot i5 was hit, sixty six hundred and change. Now someone did make a pretty significant investment in that to uh, catch it. We always go and look up when there's uh, any type of large payout for that matter. But uh, someone, uh, I don't remember the exact amount, but they did make a, a pretty good investment to uh, catch that jackpot i5. The next night, Sunday night, no carryover, and the jackpot i5 was hit again, forty eight hundred and change. And someone spent uh, four dollars and eighty cents, so they got about a thousand to one on their money on that uh, Sunday night, so that was uh, very nice to see. Uh, you know, one of the other highlights of the week was on a uh, Tuesday night, uh, we had no guarantee uh, in our 50-cent pick five. Fans uh, have noticed it starts with the first race uh, every night. It's really gained a lot of steam lately, guys. And uh, we had our largest pick five pool, I believe, ever uh, with no carryover. They bet 14000 and change in it on a Tuesday night, and that was very nice to see. Uh, remarkably, a long shot won the first leg, and a true long shot uh, paid about $106. John Barry, our track handicapper, actually picked the horse to win, but uh, obviously not many others did <laughs> with that big payout. But uh, he was followed in by a one-to-two shot and an even money shot, a five-to-two, and a two-to-one. So he was followed in by all very logical and short-priced horses. Just one ticket out in that 50-cent pick five, it paid $11,000 and change.
2: Wow, money-making opportunities certainly abound at Pompano. Mike Bozich, Mike Carter being joined by Gabe Pruitt. It's our weekly segment on Pompano Park. Gabe, uh, a guy from my neck of the woods, Mike Simons, uh, recently came to Pompano Park, had a pretty good day a couple of days ago, winning four, and he, uh, I believe he's just under the $30 million mark in career earnings. I think he's maybe around sixty-five, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 away. Uh, Gabe, talk about uh, what Mike's brought to the uh, driving and training colony down there at Pompano.
3: Well, you know, I think, uh, obviously, Mike is uh, a really a top-level driver, and it's just, uh, you know, made for, for better action, night in, night out. One of the great things I always uh, talk to people about uh, when it comes to air driving, Kyle, you know, these guys, they don't drive uh, against each other all year long. We have guys coming from all over, so it really makes for, uh, I think, an aggressive a style of uh, driving. Uh, you know, of course, Mike Simon's typically at uh, up your way in Pocono, Tioga, you know, Wally, um spends the summers in upstate uh, New York. having Wallace uh, around your way there at the Pocono area. So, and we've got guys from Indiana and all over for that uh, matter. So, I really think uh, all of those guys bring a different uh, dynamic to the table. And, uh, obviously, Mike, when he gets the power, he can uh, get one home as, as good as anyone out there. And uh, he did win four that night. Interestingly enough, he got clipped right at the light uh, at 16-1. I mean, literally half a nose or he would have won uh, five.
1: Well, Gabe, talk to us a little bit. Anything special coming up uh, this week other than your big $20,000 guarantee pool? Well, I was a little uh, concerned, guys, because uh, this past
3: week, as many of our fans probably noticed, uh, we had uh, a lot shorter fields than what uh, we'd like to have or what we're accustomed to having uh, here. But uh, we've historically seen, uh, now the last few years I've been here at least, the week after Christmas, I believe you have to – you know, I have to enter uh, – around the Christmas holiday. A lot of people go out of town. Maybe they're not in to train the horses that week. So they literally just leave their horses out of the box. The box comes up always a little light the first week of January. It seems that was definitely the case. It had me on uh, pins and needles waiting for this week's draw. Uh, But the good news is we've got four nights drawn already. Uh, Saturday night we're back with our standard eight race cards. Sunday night's getting that $20,000 pick for us. Sunday night's going to be a blockbuster night uh, for us. I think uh, with that, many tracks racing out there. So we've got a 12-race card, just a phenomenal card with uh, great competitive races. And then we do follow that up with uh, full fields back on Monday and Tuesday nights uh, as well. So we're really looking forward to beefing those cards back up, and uh, I think the handle will reflect that as well.
2: Game, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. It's turned into a, a fantastic segment. We can't wait to uh, hear from you week in and week out. But just a couple of quick things before I let you go. I was reading an article uh, that was praising uh, you guys. And when I mean you guys, I mean you, Mr. Carter up there at Northfield Park, as much as I hate to give Mr. Carter any praise. And uh, <laughs> my man Chris Schick at um, Cal Expo. You three were uh, racing against each other, and you guys did a – an outstanding job of staying off one another. And I think that maximized uh, your guys' handle quite a bit. So I want to give you guys kudos. I know sometimes it's in our business, it seems like it's common sense. But uh, I'll tell you what, sometimes from a fan's point of view, it seems like tracks step over each other quite a bit. But you guys did a heck of a job staying off each other and uh, going, hey, maybe three, four, five minutes apart. I think that really was fantastic to see you guys working together. Hey, whenever we see the industry work together, that's fantastic. So I want to give you kudos for that. Second of all, Gabe, uh, before we brought you on the air, I was saying this is kind of interesting. we got our man Brian Mazurak on hold. He's going to update the Buffalo uh, 2017 meet. And you guys, both Mike Carter and Gabe Pruitt, know all too well uh, that uh, Buffalo January, February, March meet, don't you, Gabe? You
3: know, I do know it very well. And Brian's a great guy. He'll give you a great update, I'm sure, and, Mike can speak for it. I just got a video literally 10 minutes before calling in with you guys, and you'll have to get uh, a further update from Brian telling me he has my condolences, uh, but uh, they are absolutely getting slammed right now, and it looks like a blizzard conditions. so hopefully by the time they uh, they uh, are ready for opening night that things are uh, lighting up a little bit. But it uh, looks like a tough night uh, if you're in western New York.
2: Gabe, you talking about the video with the horses training and the, the snow falling? No,
3: this was actually a friend of mine from Buffalo just said, uh, wow, I should have came to Florida getting this winter."
2: So this was just a uh,
3: private video that someone sent me that was literally driving through uh, the area near the track, and uh, literally it looked uh, it looked pretty horrific.
2: Well, Gabe, listen, you continue to tough out that weather down there. Where, you know, you've got our condolences <laughs> and, and our thoughts, and uh, we we'll continue to bask in the sunshine up here, my friend.
3: Yeah, you guys do that, uh, enjoy uh, that uh, lovely weather and uh, we'll try and make it through to this week.
2: We'll talk to you next week. sir. thanks guys. That's our man Gabe Pruitt basking in that beautiful Florida weather. By the way, Mike, I uh, I don't know how many people know, but I uh, we've been doing the show the last couple of weeks or I have anyway from Sacramento, California, of course, uh, visiting family and was certainly hoping to get a little bit of a reprieve from the winter weather coming out here and I have to tell you The weather out here has been awful, completely awful. It is rainy. It is cold. It's frosting at night. I feel like I'm in Detroit, Michigan right now. So... (laughs) just you know just gotcha. just for anybody that's thinking that hey if you're going to come out to Sacramento, California and get in the warm sunshine i saw a post from one of my guys that was actually coming out here for vacation and couldn't wait to get out here I think it was oh 70 80 90 degrees huh. guess again my friend guess again so i
1: i, I got i, I got to ask how many times have you been to Cal Expo since you've been out there Uh, actually, you know,
2: I, I've wanted to go out to Cal but I was going to try to get some interviews, try to get some interviews of Chris Schick and and Gary Cybo. You know, we've had Gary on the show. We've had Dave Brower on the show, but, uh, it seemed like the couple of nights that they did run, and they only run a couple of nights a week, but the nights that they did run, uh, was either up against, uh, some sort of holiday gathering at the family or something we had going on. So, uh, I couldn't make it, but I I really wanted to. And certainly next time I get out this way, I will definitely make it. When we come back, it's Brian Maserak. He's going to preview the Buffalo Raceway meet coming up, and the snow is already falling, so we know it's time for Buffalo. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Here at the stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Chip Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited.
4: Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way.
1: Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're with a guy right now where the weather is just as bad as the Buffalo Bills. Brian Masuric is on the program. <laughs> hey, Brian, what's going on, my friend?
5: Well, uh, I'm not in the lake effect snow. That's I'm north of it and east of it. So, But I heard Buffalo's got like 16 inches of snow since like noon today. So they're getting hammered. But that's expected, and they'll have the track probably ready for training tomorrow morning and it's just another day in buffalo for us
1: all right brian well listen it's been a, it, it's sort of a western new york show we got me we got you we got gabe pruitt on i tell you what we uh we're just filling them up from buffalo but talk to us a little bit about what's coming up it's buffalo's seventy five seventy. excuse me 75th year of live racing and it should be a lot of fun
5: yeah it's uh gonna be a uh, very good meet uh as far as i know the barns are totally full of, uh some news stables coming in uh there's different promotions throughout the year starting uh the first saturday the 14th where they're going to give away a 75 year commemorative coin and on the back of the coin there'll be uh an exact number and if your exactor comes in one of the races 2 through 10 you get to spin the cash wheel and whatever you come up with uh you'll be able to wager on uh the twelfth race with that amount of money and uh, a of course opening night you have your magnetic schedules and then we'll be doing on friday night uh, the thirteenth it'll be our awards presentation for horse and driver and trainer of the year from last year so first week's gonna be busy and uh... the fans will also get a first look at the updated clubhouse they've got new tables and chairs and I've added some 50-inch television screens and other cosmetic changes. So it's a opening week. should be a busy week, and it would be good to think spring already despite being in the middle of January.
1: Now, Brian, the New York Sire Stakes man, Jim Morrill Jr., has made an appearance the last couple of years in Buffalo in mid-March, early April. Have we heard anything about whether or not he's going to show up in January this year?
5: Uh, nothing's been uh, said if he is or isn't, but I imagine – Jim will be there. It seemed like he raced a lot in Western New York this past year. He uh, raced quite a bit at Batavia Downs and ended up just losing to Drew Monty for the driving title at Batavia by four wins. But he took basically the last two weeks off. So uh, I would imagine Jim's going to be back, and if not, we'll definitely see him in the Sire Stakes.
2: Being joined by Brian Mazurek from Buffalo Raceway. Brian, obviously, uh, you put your picks out for everywhere, pretty much everywhere. Everywhere I've looked, you do a great job of uh, promoting Buffalo Raceway. You put your picks out there for all to see, and uh, obviously, we're getting ready to start. What are, as far as handicapping goes, what do you believe is the, are the biggest things that we can look for? From horses coming from Batavia to Buffalo, what are the big, bigger differences uh, as far as handicapping? You think there's anything we could look for in particular uh, with horses moving from the two tracks?
5: Well, the beginning of the year, there just seems to be the closers. Are t- the the front end speed doesn't seem to be there. I've noticed that the past few years, you know, uh, it seems like the three and four hole always. Uh, beginning of the year, I don't know if it's just the winter time or what, but they seem to get a better trip. But as the season goes on, the closers really have a chance to, you know, make up ground at the end because Buffalo Raceway does have the longest half-mile stretch in North America. So if you're in any kind of shape coming around that fire turn, you've got a shot if you've got a closer.
1: Well, Brian, a, a lot of great things are coming up at Buffalo Raceway this year. But I have to ask, my favorite thing all season long when I was there was the Nayatross series. Is that coming back this year?
5: It, yes, they are having a claiming series. Uh, it'll begin once again beginning of the year and go right right on through. Uh, it's very popular with the fans and the trainers. Now that's a chance for some of these horses to you know pick up some nice checks. You know, you know, your four thousand claimers usually are going for around ten, eleven, twelve thousand, and they will be coming back. Um, and of course, the sire the, the stakes will be coming in. I don't have the exact dates yet, but uh, they seem to be sprinkled around Wednesdays and uh, uh, Sundays. And Sunday racing will, you know, once again start at twelve thirty. I believe it starts on uh, June eighteenth this year, and They'll have six matinees on Sundays, and it's always always good because Father's Day falls on that, and Fan Appreciation Day. And Sundays just seem to be getting bigger and bigger at Buffalo in the you know summertime.
1: All right, well Brian, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your night. And uh, listen, uh, hopefully you guys find a a, a valuable replacement to Rex Ryan. Okay.
5: <laughs> I don't know. I just. You know, I know you're a New England fan. I shouldn't say that, but, you know, you've you've always brought that up to me. You know, you've got New England all over the place. So how you made it out of Buffalo alive, I don't know (laughs) being a New England fan. But we'll we'll forgive you for that, Mike.
1: All right, Brian. We certainly appreciate it. Good luck in 2017 at Buffalo.
5: Yes, just, you know, keep following us, uh, and hopefully we can picture some winners this year.
1: All right, that was Brian Mazurik, Mike Bozich And listen, I've never met a bigger Buffalo Bills fan Other than Garnett Barnesdale And, uh, you know, I've never met a bigger supporter of a racetrack Brian does a fantastic job at Buffalo Raceway And uh, it was really nice to have him on
2: Yeah, he certainly does And please, don't start talking Buffalo Bills Because Garnett Barnsdale is going to get on the horn He's going to get them all fired up He's going to call He's going want to want to start talking about Tyrod Taylor and E.J. Yes. E. Manuel What a train wreck E.J. Manuel is, my goodness Oh, boy. When the, well, they they made a good move getting rid of Rex Ryan, so we'll see if things could uh, be a little bit different. By the way, speaking – of uh, if Garnett's listening, we should ask Brian about this. 91-year-old Marv Levy wants to come back really? and coach the Buffalo Bills. Huh. huh. Yeah, he does. He, well, actually, I shouldn't okay. say that. He okay. said if he was contacted by management that he would come back. So you know what? At this well, point in time – the train wreck that, that that football team is, that might not be a bad thing. Well, yeah, we've got plenty left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, our special sit-down with Allison Conti, uh, and I'm going to tell you right now, that's an interview that you are not going to want to miss. If she really goes into uh, the social media aspect of it. She talks about some of her ideas uh, to help harness racing going forward. She was the 2016 Usual Breakthrough Award winner. We had a chance to sit down with her. That's coming up as too is our man Greg Kydell. He's going to be joining us right on the flip side of this timeout. He's going to talk about uh, the big grand opening coming up at Miami Valley, and I'll tell you, they've got a lot of different things going on. They're going to open up with a bang, including a $25,000 driver's challenge. We'll get Greg's thoughts on that when we come back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by BetAmerica.
1: Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standardbreds is actively involved with organizations, such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook.
0: Hello, this is Kayla Stra, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way.
2: Time with Mike know. and Mike, presented by America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, right now, we're joined by the director of racing at Miami Valley, Mr. Greg Kaido, the one and only Greg with two G's. How are you, my friend? Hello,
6: Mike. How are you? I'm fine. Doing
2: fantastic. Doing fantastic. Greg, i got to tell you, I've seen. A lot of hype coming up from this uh, Miami Valley meet that's getting ready to start. Uh, Reading a couple of articles, highest projected purses, lots of horses. Horse supply is going to be in good condition for you. You've got a reconditioned racetrack surface. You've got lots of promotions. And you've got a big $25,000 driver challenge coming up starting on Sunday. You guys have to be excited.
6: Yeah, all that's true, and we can't wait to get it started. Uh, This is our fourth season. Our first three were successful as well. Uh, but they had a tendency to start slow as far as handle figures went, and then, then it would build and be relatively strong at the end. So I was challenged to come up with a promotion that would jumpstart the meet this year and get the, get us off to a strong start and then finish even better. So uh, my answer was the $25,000 North American Drivers Challenge, um, and generally, jet. What we actually did was invited all drivers in North America to apply to be part of this tournament. It's a three-day tournament over three consecutive matinees, uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. We had over 40 drivers that applied, and uh, and we made the conditions in advance that uh, you had to have at least 100 wins during the current year, which was 2016, and then we would narrow the field if we had more than 30 apply by career wins. So we've narrowed it down to a field of 30. We've got drivers that have won uh, Peter Wren has the most wins with 9,792. Uh, and all of these 30 drivers that are in the tournament have won over 100 races. And I would venture to say 25 at least of the 30 have won meet titles somewhere. We have six Canadians coming to join 24 Americans. And uh, uh, those six are the young guys who have won the most races up there. Bob McClure and Alfie uh, Carroll and and a, and a host of others are all going to be here. There's some young guns yeah. and there's some aged veterans.
2: That's right. You've got the uh, 2016, uh, I believe, it's a two-time Dash champion right now as far as wins goes. Aaron Merriman. Of course, you've got Brett Miller, who's just been on fire at the Meadowlands. He just had a uh, an eight-win performance a couple of weeks ago. Who else do we have? I know we've got a couple of guys from Canada, like you just mentioned. Who else do we have in this uh, Drivers' Challenge?
6: Oh, you've got uh, Donnie Irvine, Jr., who's won seven, over 7,000 wins and was kind of on a respite in his career for uh, almost a decade and has come back very strong in the last two years up at Northfield Park. Uh, ten of the drivers, ten of the 30, are uh, are ten of our 11 leading drivers here at the Miami Valley and Dayton Raceway. So it's about a third local and two-thirds from out of uh, out of the area. Uh, The neat thing about Brett is he started out right here at Lebanon Raceway, which is only eight miles from Miami Valley. Um, Miami Valley actually morphed into or from Lebanon Raceway into Miami Valley when the uh, VLT slot machines were introduced in Ohio three years ago, and things have just been going straight uphill ever since. The uh, VLTs are doing great. The purses continue to rise. Uh, Because of that, the horse supply, Continues to rise, and uh, we have attracted a, a normal driver, local driver's colony that uh, I'd match up against most anyone's.
2: Yeah, certainly. Uh, and obviously, there's there's no question that the advent of expanded gaming there in Ohio has made that a hotbed for racing, not only for racing but for breeding. It has certainly brought uh, harness racing and thoroughbred racing back. I don't want to say from the dead because Ohio is always a good, strong, solid base of harness racing with a good fan base, but uh, it certainly has taken it to the next level. Uh, visiting with Grant Kaidel, the director of to at Miami Valley like we talked about, some of the other things happening. You've got, uh, I mean, the purses are going to be through the roof. You've got uh, lots of good horses. The horse supply is going to be good. It's going to be full fields, a lot of good uh, wagering opportunities and uh, profitable situations for the gamblers wishing to wager on Miami Valley. You also have a uh, reconditioned racetrack service. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and, and what went into the, uh, the uh, resurfacing of the racetrack?
6: Well, our track man Jimmy Shelton—he uh, used to be the track man over at Hoosier Park, but he's been with us the last two years, and he's—he's uh, he, he's an expert at uh, conditioning a track for winter racing, and that's a difficult challenge sometimes here in the Midwest in Ohio. For instance, it's uh, snowing quite heavily right now, and opening night is tomorrow night, so I'm sure he's over there doing something to that track to make sure it's the best it can be. And uh, uh, we used to call it scarifying. They went right down to the base at about three weeks ago, and uh, and. Rebuilt the, the surface in layers. There's a, there's seven layers of different materials and stuff uh, that comprise this track. And uh, they went down about four layers right to the base and, and, and rebuilt it and, and uh, reconditioned it. And we had 15 qualifying races yesterday in fairly cold temperatures around 10 with uh, and a wind chill that was probably around zero because the wind was really howling and, and the, almost all of the paces in those qualifying races went around 58, 57. So uh, I think it's in great
2: shape. Looking forward to the 2017 Miami Valley meet. Greg, are you uh, still doing the amateur driving thing? Yeah, I don't do it as much as I used to,
6: but I did get a little more involved again this year. Uh, I, I was uh, in it, real heavily for about 15 or 20 years and lucky enough to win the championship of the Billings in 1999, but when I semi-retired from Northfield Park uh, in 2008, I I started spending my summers in Minnesota and uh, at Running Aces as their race secretary, and it just became too inconvenient to get to very many Billings, and I would usually only drive once a year for a period of there at Delaware on drug Weeks. But I had about 12 guys this year and finished fifth in the Midwest section of the Billings because I was back in Ohio.
2: Now, Greg, I know you're kind of a veteran of – of uh, harness racing, and uh, like my old boss and uh, one of my great friends, God rest his soul, Kenny Marshall, he used to keep track, and he told me the number one time of how many different meets that he's opened. I mean, going all the way down to tracks like Gator Downs and Seminole, uh, of course, all the way to Hazel Park and the Meadows, where he was for a long time. What do you have a number of how many meets it'll be that that uh, you open? You're you're going to open up here.
6: Well, I spent a lot of time at Northfield. I was 25 years their race secretary, so they had three meets a year, but they all ran consecutively, so I wouldn't have anywhere near the number that Kenny did, uh, but uh, since Northfield, I spent seven years up at running aces, uh, one season at Hoosier Park, uh, and uh, and I've judged for three winters down at Pompano Park. So that's the extent of my experience. Uh, like I said, a quarter of a century at Northfield, and seven years in Minnesota, and now three years at the two tracks here in Dayton, Ohio, Hollywood, Dayton,
2: and Miami Valley. Well, Mr. Kaido, we certainly appreciate your service throughout the years. <laughs> getting used to always say. <laughs> Greg, listen, we appreciate you joining us. We're really looking forward to the Miami Valley meet. Got a lot of different things going on. If you're listening out there, make sure you tune into Miami Valley because there's going to be some great racing there, and that driver's challenge is going to be off the hook. Greg, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my yep. friend.
6: Well, thank you. It starts at 6.05 tomorrow night. That's opening night, but the matinees on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, which are the driver's challenge uh, to determine the North American champion uh, are 2.05 matinees, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday.
2: 2.05 Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. We'll put that down. Greg, we certainly appreciate you joining us, sir. Thank you. All right. That was uh, Greg Kaidel. Greg, Greg, uh, Mikey was always uh, a real good friend to Kenny Marshall. As a matter of fact, I probably should have asked him about this, but we were running a little short on time, but he was uh, an entrant about uh, two years ago into our fantasy football league. when we had the Michigan and Florida leagues. We actually had two separate leagues, 10 teams apiece, And Greg was a part of the league down there with Gabe and, and uh, Aaron Feinberg and Greg, the Frank and, and uh, I think John Ginger was in that group as well. And I'll tell you what, it got to be competitive and, uh, I'll tell you, at times, I did have to say the tempers flared at times, Mike.
1: Well, I'm sure they did flare uh, up at least a little bit, you know. Listen, it's the warm weather versus the cold weather in that uh, in that situation. So, and real quick, for those of you who don't know, when me and Mike, we're, when we're doing these interviews and we're going back and forth, we use Twitter, or Facebook messages to talk to each other well mike i was using the post up with mike and mike twitter to try to get a hold of you to tell you i had a question and i'm like why isn't he responding and sure enough i realized oh crap i'm using the wrong one so, so i didn't get to join you there on that one.
2: Oh, okay all right well that's all right maybe maybe next time listen with a couple of years ago i kind of i kind of Burned Greg on a trade a little bit in fantasy football. So I'm kind of surprised The I'm, I'm glad he didn't remember because he might have not uh, joined us here
1: tonight, but uh,
2: Greg Kaidel, we certainly appreciate him joining us. When we come back, we've got a can't miss interview, uh, certainly an interview that you're going to want to stick with Allison County. She was the 2016 Ushua award winner uh, breakout award of uh, breakthrough award. And I'll tell you, she did a great job of uh, sharing some of her visions of harness racing in the future Uh, as far as social media goes in a lot of different aspects. That's an interview that you're certainly going to want to stick with. So don't go anywhere. That is coming up right on the other side of this timeout. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America.
1: The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breds the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania, and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a disqualification.
4: It doesn't get much worse than picking a winner that ends up being disqualified after the race. What if you could eliminate the stress of sweating out a steward's inquiry? At BetAmerica, we're here to help. Introducing Inquiry Relief. Any winners of a greatest stakes race will get paid out even if they are disqualified after a steward's inquiry. Check BetAmerica.com for details and side effects. Get the relief you deserve with Inquiry Relief only at BetAmerica.com.
2: The Breakthrough Award is an award that honors those in the sport 35 years or younger for outstanding early career non-training driving contributions. Past winners include such names as Jason Settlemore, Mike Tanner, Justin Horowitz, Darren Zocali, Heather Wilder, last year's winner, Game Pruitt, and the 2016 post-time with Mike and Mike Horsewoman of the Year, Emily Gaskin. This year's Breakthrough Award goes to someone who has taken the reins as one of the most ambitious and perhaps most important marketing initiatives ever in the sport of harness racing, social media. Those responsibilities are now in the hands of 28-year-old new Jersey native Allison Conti. Although young, she has plenty of harness racing pedigree.
7: My dad trained horses for years, and my mom always had riding horses, so I was always at um, one barn or the other. Um, always loved to race horses and actually learned to ride on an old standard bread. And um, just always had a love for the sport and um, was going to school. And I'm sure everyone knows who's been to school that it's not exactly... A uh, cheap endeavor but i was able to do it pretty much thanks to being able to rub horses um started working for the burks back in 2009 and
2: working with the burks had many perks including the opportunity to look after harness racing's richest pacer foiled again
7: when i first started taking care of foiled again he it, and it sounds crazy now but he likes he sort of played second fiddle to some of the other top horses um you know, he was racing against, I think, uh, personally, I think, like, the pacing class of 2009, 10, 11 was the best we had seen in decades until probably this year. But the first time I ever paddocked, foiled, was in the Ben Franklin at Chester. Um, I guess that probably would have been 2009. And he was in there with Shadow Clay and won the West. Like, he was... Everybody said, oh, he's a good horse, but he's not quite great. And then it was like, you know, a six- and seven-year-old year, year, he just got better and better. And all of a sudden, people were looking at him and going, oh, he might be one of the greatest ever. So it's kind of funny to me. um, Probably almost a little embarrassing, too. I used to argue with people about that um, and cite specific races. And, you know, basically, I always felt like I was lobbying for Foiled again. And it's kind of funny because now I definitely don't have to.
2: Foiled again is now 13, and talk of whether he should continue remains a hot topic around Hardest Racing water coolers. Conti says, however, that Foiled is sound, strong, and stubborn. The Foiled again she knows will be the one to let us know when he's ready to call it a career. Speaking of careers, Allison's was just getting started. Upon seeing an ad on the USTA homepage, she decided to inquire. The job would force her to move to Columbus, Ohio, in proximity to the offices of the United States Trotting Association. There, she would be asked to take the wheel and steer the sports marketing direction into the uncharted waters of social media.
7: So the fan zone actually um, began before I did it at the USTA. Um, I came on this I want to say it was probably about six months into that project. Um, so it's actually kind of uh, it's been a little weird and definitely an adjustment uh, to lose conversion a couple of months ago because you know for my first like two years at the USCA, I only knew the sand zone with conversion. Um, so you know basically what that meant was it was it was our first step, I think, as an industry in a really long time taken towards a centralized marketing effort. Um, You know, you see a lot of the tracks and a lot of the groups do great things or try to do great things for marketing and to promote, but it's all sort of localized. Um, And it was the first thing that really, you know, ups and downs and positives and negatives, but for me, you know, the really positive sign about it was that it was, an effort that was meant to benefit all aspects of the industry. And as we move forward without conversion, that still to me is the most important thing about that website and that effort. In my
2: opinion, I think Harness Racing has done a pretty good job making their presence felt with social media. I mean, you see guys like Gabe Pruitt and Sugar Doyle and a lot of these guys that uh, constantly tweet out about what's going on at their racetracks, keeping uh, racing fans apprised of carryovers. The Meadowlands does a good job. A lot of different people do a good job. I don't want to single anybody out. I think it's something that the sport as a whole has actually done a pretty good job with. Um, including you guys, obviously, the Harness Racing Fan Zone, who probably kicked off a lot of this. What do you say, Allison, to the people, um, some of the naysayers that maybe will say, well, you know, you guys are preaching to the choir when it comes to uh, Harness Racing social media initiatives?
7: You know, yeah, that's definitely, in a lot of ways, that's a valid criticism a lot of the time. I think that people... Fail to realize. I, I mean, I, it's really easy to say that, and and to feel that you have validity in saying it, and there is some validity to it. But I think that you also have to look at the bigger picture, right? And you know,
5: not that it wasn't
7: that long ago that we weren't even really preaching to the choir, you know. Um, so first, I think you have to talk to your own people before you you can even get out to the larger masses. I just had this conversation with somebody the other day, and, you know, if we're not doing a good enough job for the people that are already part of our base, or if we're not doing a good enough job for maybe some of the people who have left our fan base, then we need to address that and then put, you know, all of this marketing, you know, the the marketing dollars and the efforts towards reaching a wider and wider audience, but I think the foundation is there, and we're getting to the point where where we can do that But I just think that it's one of those things where, you know, I think a lot of people thought that with a, you know, $250,000 a year budget and and this and that, but it was going to be, I don't want to say a quick fix. I mean, I hope nobody expected that, but sort of like this instantly transformative thing at the Harness Racing Fan Zone. And the fact of the matter is, you know, we needed to lay a foundation and a lot of places needed to lay a foundation. And I think that you do see that and, you know, you cited some great people, but you know, it's not like they got on Twitter one day and the next day, you know, everything turned around and people were paying attention to Pompano park or Hoosier park or wherever it takes time. It takes following. It takes, you know, now with the way that all the algorithms and social media work, it takes numbers and you have to build that up. It's not, you know, it's not a snap your fingers and I'm on social media and I'm doing it and nothing's happening a week later. It takes time and it takes consistency.
2: What would you like to see the fan zone grow into over the next, uh, let's say five, 10 years,
7: five, 10 years. Um, I actually just, uh, talking, talking to somebody about this. And to me, I'd like to, you know, I think that we needed, dial back a little bit more as far as producing our own content because, you know, the fact of the matter is we we have a lot of people who can produce a lot of great things, but as far as everyday staff, we don't necessarily have that to, you know, produce and create and then put it all out there and maintain the website and, and maintain everything. So there definitely needed to be some dialing back of that and, you know, bringing more inclusiveness to the industry in that, you know, there's already people who are doing some things and, you know, maybe in the scope of, you know, just talking to themselves. But if we can put it out there under, you know, with a larger megaphone and let people see more what everyone's doing. So I want to see it become something that is, um, and I think, it's, I think it already is, but even more so inclusive of, of all different tracks and all different horsemen's groups Um, as well as something that, you know, maybe could be integrated more with the tracks um, and considered more of an experience, something that could, you know, everybody says, like, the experience anymore. People gamble on their phones, and they do everything from mobile. Maybe it's something where we could bring that experience of harness racing, you know, each track to people in a way that's more mobile. I think... um, Yeah, I think I just see it growing into something that's, you know, we're working towards that every day, becoming more and more inclusive of the entire harness racing community as well as making it a way for, you know, the next generation to enjoy harness racing in the way that's now familiar to them, which is, you know, more or less mobile and online and sharing of experiences and sharing of stories.
2: Make no mistake about it. Allison Conte has positioned herself to be one of a select few to lead the comeback of a sport that has yet to find its way amongst today's entertainment and gambling options. She shared with us some of her ideas that she believes can move the sport forward.
7: Here's the thing. The mechanics, I'm going to go a little bit, you know, idealistic on this, because the mechanics of doing it, I think people forget oftentimes that it's really hard. You know, we don't have a central body that can say, okay, hey, we're going to do this, all of the tracks and horsemen's organizations and commissions are going to adhere to it. But say we did, in an ideal world, I think, you know, obviously all all major betters scream that we need lower takeout. Listen to our customers, we need lower takeout would be one. Two, as a horseman, it drives me insane that we don't have a uniform set of rules. I mean, since I've moved to Ohio, I've literally had people from the East Coast call me and ask about out times because they don't know and the information is not easy to find when they're shipping a horse out there. And three, <laughs> um, I'd, I'd like to see us be more able to, to put our product out there as far as live video feeds. You know, I, I think that every racetrack should be able to stream their races. There should never be a situation where you can't watch a race. So I guess that would be my story.
2: What's ahead for uh, Allison Conti? What do you see in the future for yourself?
7: Um. Oh, jeez. I. You know. I pretty much. I think I. You know. I definitely. I'll stay in the sport. Um. As far as in the future, I'm happy. I'm really happy where I'm at right now. Um. Racetrack roles always interested me a lot because I think that. It's sort of a, a different way to get things done. Um, continue owning horses and just try to make every year more productive than the one before it right now.
2: As you heard throughout this interview, Conti is determined, energetic, and full of youthful experience. The 2016 Ushua Breakthrough Award winner was humbled by winning this award. But from talking to her several times above and beyond this segment it's clear that she is well aware of Harness Racing's ailments. The good news for Harness Racing is that Conti has more than enough ability to be a part of the cure. For Post Time with Mike and Mike, I'm Mike Bozich. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's the stable.ca.
0: Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way.
1: This week, Harness Racing lost three grades including Joe Adamski, 80, who died December thirty first, 2016 at his home in Rochester, Michigan. Mr. Adamski was one of the top drivers in Ohio during the 1980s and 1990s. For his career, he posted 2,707 victories and more than $11.42 million in purses. In 1984, he handled Happy Alk, who was named Ohio's two-year-old Pacer of the Year. But Happy Alk wasn't the only one receiving awards, Mr. Adamski himself received the Achievement Award from the Ohio chapter of the U.S. Harness Writers Association that year. Gerald Francis O'Mara, known for seven decades around the harness racing world as Frank, passed away January 4th, 2017. The 84-year-old O'Mara succumbed to pneumonia in Florida after suffering from ill health for several months. O'Meara is probably best known for developing and campaigning the Great Mystic Park, winner of the American Trotting Championship, the Dexter Cup, and the Yonkers Trot. He also campaigned the fastest performer, Keystone Accent. Time Best Man, a winner of over $700,000, and the very fast, but erratic at times, Generals Skipper. Omera drove the last of his 1,859 lifetime victories on July 29, 2014, four days after his 82nd birthday. Gerald Russell died December 29, 2016 after a long battle with COPD. Russell was a veteran of the Vietnam War and spent most of his adult life with the harness horses that he loved. He was well known around the, most of the tracks in Kentucky, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, New York, Florida, and Canada. In the early years before the Army, he worked for his stepfather, George Morris, and then went to work for D. Stover, then day Manges where he drove his first race in 1962. He also worked for Bob Burns and James Schaefer. After Vietnam, he struck out on his own and kept a public stable until his death. Russell loved to talk, loved American history, and enjoyed the racetrack life and being with family. Post Time with Mike and Mike would like to express its condolences to the families of Joe Adamski, Frank O'Mara, and Gerald Russell. We'll have more when we come back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by BetAmerica.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a disqualification.
4: It doesn't get much worse than picking a winner that ends up being disqualified after the race. What if you could eliminate the stress of sweating out a steward's inquiry? At BetAmerica, we're here to help. Introducing Inquiry (laughs) Relief. Any winners of a greatest stakes race will get paid out even if they are disqualified after a steward's inquiry. Check BetAmerica.com for details and side effects. Get the relief you deserve with inquiry relief only at BetAmerica.com.
2: American Mike Bosich alongside of Mike Carter and uh yeah certainly our condolences from all of us here at post time with Mike and Mike to the families of uh Adamski and uh Frank O'Mara Frank O'Mara and uh Gerald Russell certainly uh huge huge losses here in the sport of harness racing uh three of the good ones Mike Carter
1: yeah, definitely, and, uh, of course, an Ohio horseman uh, as well in there, and we lost Terry Kanioka here uh, in Ohio um, right. just a couple of weeks ago, so it's, uh, you know, it's been a sad couple of weeks, Mike Bozich.
2: And I know Troy Boring is uh, fighting for his life in uh, the hospital. I think they moved him to hospice uh, just yesterday, so our uh, hearts and uh, prayers and heartfelt uh uh, get wells to Troy boring and uh, the boring family bought a chance to uh, call uh, Troy boring's races uh, back at Hazel park when I was there for 10 years. Of course, his dad, Chris boring, a legendary, uh, not only a uh, horseman in the state of Michigan, but throughout the country. And uh, we're pulling for Troy boring. Certainly uh, is uh, he uh, tries to uh, fight off uh, what's ailing him. So hopefully uh, Troy can pull through and uh, I'll tell you, Mike, we've, uh, you know, it it just it gets me because it's tough to lose anybody or have somebody that's uh, fighting for their life at any time of the year. Don't get me wrong, but especially when you get to this time of the year when you're in the Christmas holidays uh, or whatever holiday that you may celebrate around this time, then of course you get into the New Year's. Mike, I think that just makes it uh, a
1: lot tougher. Yeah, I completely agree, and. You know it's uh it, it, it's tough, Mike, especially when you you see what these people are going through. And, you know, you you look at your life and or my life or anybody's life, and you know you look at the problems that you may be going through, and then you look at what these people go through, and you're like, man, what do we have to complain about? And so, uh, it, it it's just these guys they've got such uh they've got such strong wills, and so we just we pray for the uh, family of Troy uh, Boring, and uh you know unfortunate what's going on but uh we hope for healing
2: yeah Mike, just a couple of headlines before we uh, get out of here kind of uh, of a short show here tonight even though we've had uh, we it seems like we've had a lot of guests here on the on the program but our shows have been we, we've extended we usually you used to go an hour and then we kind of extended our show to an hour and a half, and then we put it to two hours, or at least we set it on Blog Talk Radio for two hours, not fifteen minutes. Mike has appeared in the bloopers, by the way, which was funny. Yeah. I have to tell you that was great. That was great going through that on our year in review show. You can catch that on the archive. Um, but uh, we've usually been going an hour and a half. So for us to get out of here in like an hour, hour ten, hour fifteen, that's. Uh, that's a little strange, but there are a couple of headlines, Mike, that I do want to go over. The first thing that I do want to bring up real quick is uh, the Harness Racing Wagering Report, and the purse report came out uh, back uh, on January 3rd, was released uh, by the USTA Communications Department, and once again, uh, another slide as the uh, wagering was down uh, 4.5%. Uh, And uh, I did have the actual numbers on there, but for some reason I got a Merry Christmas pop-up from Walmart uh, trying to tell me that I'm the thousandth (laughs) or millionth visitor or whatever, but I'm not going to click on it because I know better. But uh, nonetheless, once again, here we are, Mike, with uh, a declining wagering 4.5%, certainly not good. I know that throughout the course of this show, and there have been other shows out there that have talked about some of the ways perhaps to curtail this, some of the ways to kind of bring wagering back. What say you, Mike? What do you think we can do, uh, at least in the short term? I don't want to get too much in the long term, but what can we do in the short term, you think, to kind of of, uh, stop this slide a little bit? You know,
1: it, it's, it really comes down to, you know, basically your promotions and marketing, Mike. You know, who, what kind of crowd that you're playing to. And I think wagering menu uh, plays a lot of that. You know, we see a lot of racetracks with pick fours and pick fives, and some with pick sixes like Pompano does, like Cal Expo does. And what we have to realize, I think, is like our pick sixes, for instance, they, are, or they play to a different crowd than, say, a pick four or a pick five. And I think what what it really comes down to as far as wagering dollars go is you know, you got to make sure you're hitting every base. I mean, granted, it's great to have the million dollar better a year, a couple hundred thousand better a year, but we got to also remember that the two dollar better exists and we have to cater
2: to them sometimes. Certainly. I You know, one of the things that I'm kind of encouraged about, and I know we kind of promo that we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what the, our expectations are for 2017 and some of the positives, I think, going forward. One of the big things, I think, going forward uh, that can really help this industry, Mike, is the stable.ca. I think what they have withdrawn – and not only the stable.ca, but VIP Internet – Uh, A lot of different places are starting to realize that maybe through fractional ownership, maybe trying to attract new owners at a discount price, an affordable price to try to get some of these people back involved, uh, I think is a huge, huge thing. Because, Mike, we have to remember uh, that even before your day and, and even before my day, the clubhouses were full of owners, That's who used to come to the races, and owners would bring their friends, and their friends would bring their friends, and our clubhouses would be packed, and all these people, they would wager. They would uh, drink beer. They would eat hot dogs. They would drink soft drinks. Basically, they would spend money at the racetrack. You don't see that nowadays, and I think that maybe – it's because there's a lack of owners. I mean, you've got your good owners. You got you know Weaver Brucemi, and um, you know you've got Howard Taylor, and a lot of these uh, different places and different people that uh, own a lot of horses. But a lot of the small time owners, I think, have just lost interest. And I think that it's because it's gotten too expensive, quite frankly. So I do commend the likes of Anthony McDonald, VIP Stables. Um, I think uh, Shaw Stables are trying to do the same thing. A lot of different people uh, are trying to kind of bring new owners back into the ballgame. And I think that's big, Mike, because I think not only will that affect participation and increase participation, but I do think it can increase the wagering dollar as well.
1: No, I completely agree, and the big thing is, Mike, owning a horse isn't cheap. Try to put a horse into a Hamiltonian. Try to put a horse into the Breeders' Crown sure. or the Medellin right. Pace. You know, uh, you know, I would love to own 1% of a Breeders' Crown champion. That's all I'm saying. 1% of 500000 may only be a couple of hundred bucks, but to me, that would be a huge deal. Well, certainly, and it's not about
2: the money. And Anthony McDonald has said this on this show and other shows and other uh, times. He's been interviewed a lot. It's not all the time it's not always about the money, Mike. A lot of times, it's just about being involved with something. I mean, seeing your your horse cross the finish line first. I mean, I talked to a couple of uh, small-time owners at Harris Philadelphia, and listen, they're not in it for the money. They're going to make a little bit of money. They're going to lose a little bit of money over the course, but they're not going to get rich over it. But I'll tell you the thrill of seeing their horse Not even cross the finish line first, but this thrill of getting to see their horse race and the thrill of them bringing people to the racetrack to see their horse race, to say, hey, that's my horse out there. It's pretty damn cool, in my opinion. So if we can get more of these people involved, and I think that's the the route that Anthony McDonald's thinking, I think uh, that it's the right route to take, And I do think, to some extent, it's an unexplored route because – racetracks have done a lot of different things to try to get marketing to try to try to get new gambling dollars into the sport um and at that and that's a good thing don't get me wrong but at times i think that effort has undermined i don't think on purpose but it has undermined perhaps trying to get new ownership or some of the other aspects to try to get people involved and as you know mike We've got a complicated wagering game. It's a very complicated wagering game. It's very tough to get people to – especially first-timers. And as a matter of fact, we had a couple of first-timers on this show about a month ago, and that's something I want to do more of on this program is to try to talk to some of them people, try to figure out what we can do as an industry better to attract some of them types of people, the demographics that – early 30s, late 20s demographic of people that we need to get involved. Because, Mike, you know it takes a while to know harness racing and to be comfortable enough to bet good money in the sport. I mean, when they first come out, Mike, they're $2 bettors, if bettors at all. And it takes a while, Mike, because, I mean, you have to learn how to read the program. You have to learn how to wager properly. It takes a while to cultivate a harness racing or horse racing (laughs) gambler.
1: Yeah, I completely agree, and I've said for the longest time, if you can create a $2 better, you can make that $2 better into a $5 better, and you can turn that $5 better into a $10 better, and then all of a sudden that $10 better is now a $20 better, and it may – who knows? It may take three or four years, but the fact of the matter is the ability is there to be able to turn the small $2 better into a 5 or $10 better, and all you really got to do is just – you know, show them how it's done. It doesn't. It's not an easy task, but hey, you know what? You can show them how it's done and go from there.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. We've got a lot of bright young minds in this industry. Gabe Pruitt's a young bright mind. Uh, Allison Conti, the Breakthrough Award winner, is a young bright mind. Uh, you've got the, yourself and and uh, who's got a lot you? of good ideas. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> you're, you're a young mind.
2: I'm old, I'm old, maybe, okay? not, I don't maybe, consider... maybe not
1: age, but mind
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> listen i i'm I'm Listen, I'm
2: foiled again, and you're always be mickey okay i'm I'm the thirteen year old just to, trying to find my way getting you know, but uh listen um you've got a good a lot of good young bright minds in this industry, and I think it's time that we start listening to. You know some of you guys. I mean, some of the people that, some of the young lions out there that have different ideas, that have fresh approaches, and you know that's what I, what I mentioned to Gabe Pruitt earlier in the program about just little things, common sense about tracks trying to stay away from each other. You know there have, been, and, and I like to wager every once in a while, and there have been times, Mike, and I've called you and told you about it. I'm not going to mention any names, but there have been times where I've been sitting there at, at the Delaware Park or wherever the LTB trying to wager and tracks just simply run over each other like they're oblivious to what is going on, to what the other track is doing. And hats off to you guys, you know, Chris Schick and and Gabe Pruitt and you for staying off each other, for working together. And, hey, it only maximizes your personal – it's twofold. Number one, it's good for the sport and industry. And number two, it's good for you guys personally to stay off each other.
1: Well, I can't take all the credit for that. I know Dave B and Coney and the management at Dorf Field had a lot to played a lot into that. But yeah, no, it was a lot of fun staying off each other. I think we had one hiccup, it was a shoe repair or something like that. But those things are going to happen, and so it's uh, you know it was nice to be able to work hard with each other and then uh, you know make, maximize handle for all of us.
2: Certainly, certainly. Speaking of a united front, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's it's been making its social media rounds. But uh, horse race horse races now, HRN is at an impasse with Roberts Communication Network, and it's uh, kind of blown up a little bit over social media about whether the racing industry has given too much power. To uh, RCN, Roberts Communications, which in my opinion does a pretty darn good job, even though they do hold a monopoly, uh, and, You know, but there's not much that uh, I think we can do about that. And one of the reasons I don't think there's a whole lot that we can do about that is uh, one of the things that Allison mentioned is we do not – we are one of the few sports, if only sports, uh, probably in this world that doesn't have a central governing body. We are a bunch of different pieces spinning around, kind of going a, a bunch of different directions. And I think as long as we're that way, as long as we don't have a central governing body, I think that certainly weakens our bargaining position with uh, a company like Robert's Communication.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think you know it, it's. You know, I've worked with RCN a lot, uh, and you know those guys. And you know, they do have a little bit of a monopoly, but you know, without the central governing body to help kind of bargain it for us, it, it's kind of tough to tell. I know tracks like Rosecroft are able to do Rose Cross or uh, YouTube Live. I'm wondering how we get other tracks to be able to do YouTube Live. Do they not use R C N? Do they use R C N? That's going to be that would be a good question for Pete Medhurst and those guys out there. That are able to do youtube live that are able to do facebook live twitter live periscope i mean there's just so many ways the nfl major league baseball all those guys they're using twitter yahoo youtube you name it but for a track like rosecroft to be able to come out and use youtube live we guess we'll have to figure out what kind of uh what kind of um you know contract they've got with rcn
2: well, yeah, and here's the thing. I mean, you're going to have one or two or three tracks try to do it. You're going to have uh, some spin offs every once in a while, but without that united force. Like, if everybody decided to do it, that would certainly put us in a better bargaining position with a, a company like RCM. But if you're going to have a spin off here and there, and, 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 you know, listen, God bless them. They're trying to do what they can do, and I think they're going about it uh, the best that they can. But, you know, it, unless you have some kind of organized force, it's going to be very, very tough to sit down at the bargaining table with these people. Remember, always bargain from don't don't bargain if, if you're trying to bargain when you've got the short end of the stick you're going to come out with the short end of the stick you know try to bargain right. with uh with power but uh you know we'll see what happens i mean i don't necessarily think they're bad guys at roberts i have you know i've no. dealt with them for a long time too and they've always been very very good to me so you know hopefully that's something that uh, we can work out well mike i don't know where this Allen 15 minutes has gone but we do want to tell you And I know we said we'd look forward to 2017 as far as the show is concerned because we had our year in review last year. Real quick, Mike, let's take a minute or two to talk about the future of this particular program in 2017. And we're not going to let the cat out of the bag, but I will tell you, Mike, that we have a lot of different things in the works, don't we?
1: Yeah, we're building a fantastic live remote schedule for 2017. Uh, We're looking between – Mike, 8 and 12 between both of us showing up and maybe me going out to Hoosier Park a couple times. And, you know, it, it's just going to be a lot of fun. That's one of the big things that we really wanted to work on last year. And our broadcast team, Burnett, Barnsdale, Jess Scott, they did a fantastic job with us at the Meadowlands last year. And, Mike, I would consider that a complete success. And so we're, uh, we're exploring uh, our options for 2017.
2: Yeah, we've got uh, a lot going on there with our remote schedule. Plus, we've got a lot going on period. A lot of different other things that we're working on as well, so stay tuned here at uh, posttimewithmikeandmike.com or of course follow us um on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and also make sure you listen to our archive at betamerica. And most importantly, patronize our sponsors because these are the people that make it uh hey, listen, they're the reason we're here. I mean, they're 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 fitting the bill, so please uh, definitely. If if you've got any needs, visit thestable.ca. Uh, you know, order your your stuff from Embroidery Unlimited. Uh, you know, if, if uh, you know New Vocations, please check them out. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads all of our great sponsors. I mean, please make sure that you patronize them because uh, they're the reason we're here. Anything else, Mike?
1: No, I think that'll wrap it up, my friend.
2: All right. Well, on behalf of Mike Carter, it's Mike Bozich. Uh By the way. I don't want to say seven o'clock <laughs> Thursday post time next week, do I?
1: No, you know. Listen, we're we're experimenting. We uh we talked about maybe going back to our one o'clock winter schedule from 2016, and so uh we're we're still in discussions about it, but we may be back at one o'clock next Thursday. That's right. Well, you know what? Let me tell you, Mike. My my
2: lawyer will get with your lawyer, and we'll see what we can come <laughs> up with about getting the show moved back. Last year we had a one o'clock Eastern start. During the winter, and that's something that we may explore again, just to change things up a little bit, just uh, perhaps to get a different uh, listening hey. base. But uh, like I say, it doesn't really matter because we're Good all buddy. on demand. Anyway. Yes, sir.
1: Real quick, before we close, listen, you start to close talk before I'm ready, but that's okay. My no, it's all right. I can always turn it down. I got a slider. Listen, my lawyer's going to call your lawyer and uh, ask for about ten thousand more in show bets for twenty seventeen. Okay? <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. Well, I'm going to maybe we'll settle out for uh, four dollars in show bets. On behalf of Mike Carter, it's Mike Bozich. Post time is to be determined next week. We may go back to uh, our winter schedule, so you're going to have to uh, check us out on PostTimeWithMikeAndMike.com. with Mike and Mike dot com. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, do all that good stuff. For Mike Carter, I'm Mike Bozich. We'll see you next week. Sometime. Here. What time? Good night, everybody. I know who
1: I want to take me home. I know who I-